Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yo! everyone to the Anukai Tree. I am your producer extraordinaire, Mick Sykes, and I'm here with your host, Jip Jack. And um, tonight's topic that we're going to talk about is toxic, toxic masculinity and perpetuating patriarchy and generally how that shows up in the world and how that shows up specifically in the Black community. Um, we have a lot to talk about and a lot to unpack tonight. Um, don't forget to follow us on wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on Spotify. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on YouTube. Um, and we're going to have an Instagram actually this week. I decided to stop being lazy and start one so you can catch us on IG coming soon, and I'll put that up in the description. Um, as always, we're here every Tuesday on Blog Talk Radio slash Anukai. That is A-N-V-K-A-I. And um, don't forget to like and subscribe and download and share with your friends and start a dialogue and a conversation. So, toxic, toxic, why can't I say toxic? Because it's toxic. <laughs> toxic masculinity. Um I guess we should really start by like defining what that is. Ha! Huh. Such an umbrella it is. Uh-uh. Oh, wait, I forgot one thing. Sorry. And also, if you guys want to call in, Same. don't be shy. If you have questions or comments, our call in number for tonight, as always, is 914 205 5458. Again, that's 914 205 5458. So really, like, if you would just add to the dialogue or the discussion, or um, if you have any questions about anything that we're saying, please don't be afraid to call in. Yes. <laughs> no, please call in. We like this to be a, more of a discussion than it is just us talking at you. We want to talk with you. Um, so, yeah, defining toxic masculinity. It's toxic masculinity is when you as a person who essentially identifies as masculine and sees other people that identify as masculine. It is when you have these rules of engagement that essentially say, 
whether or not something is masculine or isn't masculine based off of things that essentially make femininity look weak. Toxic masculinity is essentially self-imposed misogyny. Um, so, And that can show up in a lot of ways, like hyper-masculinity. It's such an umbrella. Or um, hyper-masculinity also like, has symptoms of things like aggression and um, domineering and chauvinism. Chauvinism is highly toxic masculine, like toxic toxic masculine, if you will. Like it, it's again like I mean, chauvinism is basic misogyny, same time. But what it does to oneself as as a as a person that's male or masculine identified, like really toxic masculinity is when misogyny misogyny is turned in on the people who identify as men, essentially or masculine. Um, themselves, right, and people that they consider themselves like or see as a quote unquote wanting to be like them, right? So the idea of men perpetuating among themselves that men don't cry is toxic masculinity. Women perpetuating that to men is also toxic masculinity being perpetuated by women. Um, it's the quoting of what people would consider feminine in a masculine person. So having not only just a basic understanding of one's emotions, but a means of expressing said emotion. Toxic masculinity goes as far as to stop people from expressing themselves artistically or even trying anything (laughs) at all. Um, And we see these things show up in many cishet relationships. I mean, we see them show up in relationships regardless, but we see them show up in cishet relationships. They are insecure, so they try to control every aspect of their relationship by quoting things that are feminine within anyone in their reach. And you say insecure, and that sort of like triggers something for me because a lot of men who are toxic who are toxic in that way um, wouldn't consider themselves insecure. They would probably consider themselves um, protectors, but masculinity in general and toxic masculinity even greater has an extremely rigid set of rules. And there are a lot of rules. There are a lot of things that you have to perform by in which to or like to be considered a man and not just a man like a manly man at that right like things like boys men shouldn't get their nails done or like sometimes it's like grooming things like we've seen things on the internet about men not wiping their butts or like washing their asses or um dancing dancing niggas it can 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 be considered like effeminate or gay because like in a lot of times in the black community the worst thing you could be called as as a man is gay or like as a faggot and that fuels toxic masculinity and and perpetuates patriarchy in a lot of ways right. um but i think you were getting ready to touch into that um shows up even in our women like shows up being impressed upon even on our women and I, I know we wanted to get to this. We're not going to make the whole show about him because yeah, trash bag Harris don't don't, don't deserve so too much. Tip Ti Blood Fire Harris. 
I'm calling him trash bag Harris. For goes me. on the red table. And I'm sorry, Jada. I love you. I love this like safe space you're trying to create for people to essentially be as toxic as they want to be and have us do the work to, you know what I'm saying, see what we see. Um, Granny, like you look like you wanted to cry bad times and I wish you would have just cried instead of sitting there being strong. Like, the man doesn't believe women are exactly strong. It would have been nice to, to, to essentially just see you cry and just be like, look, like this is actually terrible. You know what I'm saying? To tell him how horrible he sounds. There was some things that he said that was definitely understandable from understanding toxic masculine men, but not understandable as it portrays to how human beings need to be conducting themselves. <laughs> like, um, we really wish Willow was there because if Willow was there, he would have been gutted like a fish. And it would have been beautiful. Willow Willow would have straight up exposed him rather indignantly. Yeah, it would have been amazing. I'm pretty sure Willow was sitting back somewhere bound and gagged because she was trying to run out there and say all of the things. Knowing, (laughs) just knowing and realizing the way that Trash Bag (laughs) does not respect women in general because he is a chauvinist. Like, you can, you can just tell. And the way I can tell is that, like, okay, on Red Table Talk, they talk about how him and Tiny have been together for, like, 18, 19 years, like, going on 20. T.I. and Tiny have three children together. They have Major, they have King, and they have Eris. Zanique is 23. So, and Tiny had her before she met Tip. T.I.'s Four other children were 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 produced in the course of their relationships. Right. Like his son Damani, his son Messiah, Deja. Um, oh, it's just three. It's just three. And I, I feel, or maybe I'm forgetting one. I don't I know. Oh yeah, and, right. the, and the alleged the, baby the by his baby, by right. his manager that alleged. We don't we know. We don't know what's going on. We there don't know what happened whatsoever. with that. But right. there's there, there's an alleged fourth baby out there. But we're not a gossip blog. So I'm not going to get into that. Oh, so indeed. for a man to do that, he he can't respect you. Right. He can't. Like and it's it's impossible. But with that with that said, if Willow would have like gut him open, he probably would have come into character. Right. And that wouldn't have been for anybody. So which I'm about it. I want to <laughs> see it. You know what I'm saying? Like screw all the politics. Like let me see what you actually about. And I feel like Willow is the same way. And would have loved it. Would have, of course, tore him up and would have been all kinds of offended by his very clearly misogynistic, you know, a re-attack, or attack on her for chewing him. But end of the day, it would have been nice. Um, so, yeah, on top of that, you got the audacity to want to talk. And this is the other part, again, and uh, we can call toxic masculinity basic misogyny, but it's about the impact on themselves that, that turns that phrase. On in on itself, right? It's the it's the impact on men that turns that makes this phrase toxic masculinity just slightly different from misogyny. Even though, like, I do believe that even as a man telling yourself that it's not okay to cry is still just basic misogyny. But you know, we can get into the semantics of that later. Um, he purports to want to control somebody's virginity. From and quote unquote protect them in his words from men that are what just like their father. Well, just like him. 
Like mm-hmm. you, like you just—that's pretty much what I said. I mean, you I just, felt like you were speaking you way just, too generally. <laughs> you just—you simply are—you—you—you're you, talking. Oh, I know how little boys are, but you never became a man then. Mm. Oh. Be- because and this is the thing, like toxic masculinity does not allow men to grow into men, does not allow males or any masculine identified individual to grow into whole men, whole human beings. You are a completely incomplete individual in that you can even sit there and say, oh, well, sensitivity is subjective because uh, the proclivities and the shut like, shut the fuck up, well, sensitive. To me, and the levels in which, and, and it's like yes, on the on the onset of a relationship, that is absolutely correct. You cannot at all call what somebody's sensitivity will be. Honestly, you need to be treating each other in a relationship, and I feel like we will do a relationship episode, but eventually, uh, eventually, but essentially, you need to be treating each other like each other's medicine, not like each other are the same are some random bitch in the street. So you got you you grow to learn exactly what makes somebody sensitive, and at the end of the day, your ability to be insensitive about certain topics should not supersede the person that you love. Right? Toxic masculinity says that the world is too sensitive right now. Because toxic masculinity purports that sensitivity is a weakness when in fact the same thing that Jada was trying to say with um with Tiny, end of the day, there comes a point where a person no longer needs to hide that they are feeling a certain way. Right. Toxic masculinity has comedians saying that the world is too sensitive for comedy right now. Well, comedy cannot adjust to the fact that people are no longer silent about the things that hurt them, regardless if you think it's funny or not, Mm -hmm. then comedy might as well die. Because it doesn't have the ability to adjust. And by golly, survival of the fittest is about adjusting to what's happening. Is it or is it not? So it seems like comedy is not fit enough to survive in a world where people are not sense are not more right. sensitive than they were. They just refuse to be quiet about the things that have always hurt them. And framed in a language that's like, oh, you can't take a joke. And like comedians, a lot of these comedians speaking out against it is just like, did you ever consider that maybe it wasn't funny? Maybe it wasn't funny. Maybe, maybe it's, it's not never been funny. funny. Maybe it's never been funny and people haven't had the space to tell you, like, yo, that wasn't funny. And, like, oh, well, why did they laugh? Because so, some terrible people will always fucking laugh. And sometimes, yo, like, <clears throat> laughter is a chain of laughter. Laughter is contagious. Mm-hmm. If, the, if, the, if the shit gets a particular kind of yuck from somebody, that yuck in and of itself is funny. And then suddenly the funny spreads because you're hearing all these funny yucks in the body winds up yucking along with everyone else. On top of that, people, like social people, are kind of hardwired to want to go along with the group. Nobody wants to seem weak by being like, well, damn, that joke was fucking sexist. And want to be the only person in the room feeling that way. We don't live in the times anymore where somebody is, where too many people are scared to be the ones like, oh, that shit was sexist. Y'all want to call it cancel culture by all means. But end of the day, it's about the shedding of toxic masculinity. Okay. And this, the shedding again of the misogyny put on the idea that sensitivity or that having feelings about something or that knowing that something is wrong and should not be done or knowing that something is right. Let's talk about how toxic masculinity tries its best to quote somebody doing a good thing. 
And don't forget to call 914-205-5458. Again, 914-205-5458 to give us your thoughts. But we're going to talk about Dwayne Wade and Gabby. He's doing great. He's got a whole gay son who is exploring their gender politics. He could still identify as a male and rock that crop top and nails that he did in that picture and be fine. Dwayne Wade is being supportive. Guess why? Because the femininity in his son does not have anything to do with his masculinity, nor does it have to do with his son's masculinity. Nor has to do with his ability to parent. Right. He's or failure a, to parent. To parent. Y'all are sitting here. Toxic masculinity is the allowance for T.I. to control his daughter's vagina and the disallowance for Dwayne Wade to allow the freedom of his son to explore his femininity. Okay? So, like, this is the way that it affects males in and of themselves because, again, y'all are trying to uh, push more femininity on Dwayne Wade in many accounts. I see all kinds of shit or hear about all kinds of shit in the street even about niggas talking about, oh, Dwayne Wade must be gay since he's allowing all of this shit and all these other things that y'all niggas are saying because he is saying... I love my son regardless. Y'all, toxic masculinity makes it so that for a man to love something unconditionally is impossible. Meanwhile, some of these dudes are paying or not even paying $50 a month in child support like <laughs> ain't like been to like a single game, ain't like picked up their kid without their baby mama begging them and God knows when, but want to talk about how Dwayne Wade is failing as a father. Like, I don't even... And, like, the thing is, like, toxic masculinity is a pretty much, in, in summation, like, the policing of, of other, other men's and other people's being. Like, you have to follow these set of, this set of rules to be a man and anything outside of that, well, you're, not, like, you're not a man. Right. Instead of, like, man, manhood and masculinity being on a spectrum. Exactly. Which it is. Again. But this brings me back to my point about the yin and yang. Mas- masculinity is such a small component of life. Masculinity is indeed designed to take up space, whereas femininity is the space in and of itself, right? So, yes, masculinity is, is designed to insist on itself. It's the part of every person that would decide to insist on itself instead of insist on the person next to them. Right. It's the it's the the individual, the selfishness that could be used in a healthy way to make sure that you are doing okay, like we were talking in our other post. Being masculinity is the part of your spirituality that's for yourself. Right. Femininity is the part of your spirituality that's for community. Right. It's all these little things. But masculinity is the smallest part of the equation. And just like. I'm sorry. This is how we connected to the, how this is all a white supremacist patriarchal system. Just like how white people were the smallest part of literally all life <laughs> on the planet, right? Were essentially inferior to, and not in the eyes, but in the reality of how the rest of the world was advancing until black people came up there and gave them any kind of fucking civility, right? And then they make themselves the superior beings and purport it their job to go around and spread whiteness and spread essentially what the Moors taught them, but under this weaponized white lens and create a world 
where we all, where all the smallest things get to be huge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where masculinity and whiteness gets to literally like run the world when that is not even right. I'm gonna do an aside, and then I'm gonna if Bay has something to say, I'm gonna let him say something. And if not, we're gonna go t- take a little break um, and let y'all catch up and think about something so that y'all can call. Um, but consider this: there is something called the procession of the equinox. Bear with me. Sit tight. Okay. There's something called the procession of the equinox. Within the procession of the equinox, there is a cycle that shows the switching between matriarchal energy and patriarchal energy, right? We have gotten to the point where that energy is supposed to be shifting faster, right? The sine wave is supposed to be speeding up. It is supposed to help us evolve and transition into the next consciousness, right, which would be at a faster frequency, right? Some of y'all are not hit to frequency understanding it's fine we'll get there as you continue to listen to our spirituality podcast um we have not had a period where the energy sending us matriarchal energy was being matched on the ground by matriarchal energy it's supposed to be as above so below so this is how you know there's also a system in place that has its hand in our spiritual pot where matriarchy has this bid to be in front so that we can understand how to love each other. This is something that is really trying to force its way in through certain things, including social media, including the sharing of energy and the sharing of information that we're about that our parents and their parents were not about. Um, The literally telling of our stories, like we all really just understand that our stories need to be heard, understood, and um, incorporated into how we treat each other as a whole so that we can relate better to each other. That is all matriarchal energy trying to fight its way in to the consciousness after, I'd say, two go-rounds of the situation not allowing the energy being sent here to match the energy that we were actually portraying, right? So. Toxic masculinity is also the cage on that, okay? It's got this very, very large, small, but very large cage around the world because it's also caging itself and doesn't care to do anything but keep everything, including itself, caged. And that's it. Do you have anything to add to that? Or like not, to, not to that point. I mean, I would love to have some questions. It would be great if somebody would call 914-205-5458 so that I can get some questions to see what y'all need clarity on because this is the kind of thing that we could get off of toxic masculinity and talk about forever so that y'all could better understand exactly that. But I only brought that up. You can do your own research about that. It's very, very simple. You know what I'm saying? Look up matriarchy and patriarchy as it pertains to the procession of the equinox. And you will find that information. Um, but end of the day, I only say that to show how the toxic masculinity is controlling every bit of our society right now and how that parallels to whiteness and how the timing <laughs> matches up. Okay. So with that, we're going to jam on something from my upcoming project, A New Kind Genesis, called Beauteous. Produced by Lawless, Stephanie Lawless Lawrence.
Thank you for sitting with us under the Anukai trees. So, yeah, that was Beauteous by yours truly. Hope you enjoyed. Um, Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, um, wherever you get your podcasts. We are now completely available. We're also on YouTube. Um, our, um, don't forget to call that call number if you have any questions or comments. That's 914 um, we know you guys are listening. Like our viewership, our listenership has steadily been going up, and I'm very, very happy about that. Thank you, guys. Um, so if um, we need people to follow us on YouTube, though, like the YouTube is kind of miserable <laughs> right now. So like YouTube, YouTube, like just look up um, a new country, you'll find us there. Um, those are like the easiest things to kind of share out because I know that not everyone has um, Spotify or Apple Music. Um, Google Podcast is free, by the way. Right, if you're not um, on Google Podcasts, you might as well just, like, do it, because they're listening anyway. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, make sure you definitely do that. Um, but, yeah, let's continue, let's continue. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot more to say about um, toxic masculinity in and of itself, and how perpetuating, perpetuating the patriarchy um, doesn't only come from, in the form of, like, people doing it to themselves or even trying to control women. Again, like we said, it's these rules that they set up for themselves and for other men to be a particular way that's so very rigid, you know. Um, Homophobia in and of itself is, one, the hate of the feminine. So again, it's, it's basic misogyny. Homophobia stems from misogyny. And it's about misogyny towards other men you know for the most part i swear you know i'm not going to say it's not a thing 
that happens, but it, you know, the homophobia towards women, like, like I see a lot more men able to hang with lesbians that are butch, you know what I'm saying? They, they can't hang with any femme, femme lesbians without wanting to hit on them and, 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 you know, try to get in their pants. But if they are masculine presenting, they are okay with that because why? These women who are still identifying as women, right, are adorning masculinity or exude masculinity in a way that allows them to say, oh, this woman is following these rules. And sometimes, maybe even oftentimes, the lesbians that hang around a lot of cis-hetero men do indeed follow the same rules of toxic masculinity as these men, okay? Young and me is a good example of that. Lord. <laughs> I'm going to look that up because I don't know. Honestly, when it comes to the artists of today, I'm a little bit like... Just her lyrics, and well, their lyrics, because they they are... Um, they're not binary. Or gender not conforming, rather. Mm, okay. um, they... Um, their their lyrics in general, I don't think an out um queer rapper would have be, been able to get on without a level of misogyny. It's true. Um and that just speaks to like that the culture of toxic masculinity in and of itself. And um how even women can perpetuate patriarchy. Right. And it's just like it's it's this all encompassing thing that people don't even sometimes don't even see because again it's them trying to be right, you know like even the idea let's talk about the toxic masculinity behind the idea that anybody's child watching two men kiss on TV will make them gay. No, what it'll do is free them from the idea that it's something that doesn't happen, free them from the idea that it's something strange. Free them from the idea that they themselves could never be successful if they identified such or found themselves being that way. Um, and therefore, you might wind up with a child that understands that they're at least by a lot sooner than many of us. Okay? And what you guys are really terrified of is that if suddenly the allowance to love whoever you want to love um, becomes normalized, then there'll be less straight people on the earth because most of you motherfuckers aren't straight anyway. Most of you have adorned toxic masculinity to the point that even if you are a woman, femme, and have found other women attractive, you are so toxically forcing yourself to attach yourself to masculinity <laughs> that you won't allow yourself to love this beautiful woman. <laughs> that I completely you agree see. because when people use that logic, it just beckons me. I was like, so when did you decide to be straight? Right. They always say, oh, gayness is a decision. When? Well, not even that. It's just like all, 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 all this gayness in media is like forcing homosexuality upon children and and things of that nature. So that that beckons me to ask, so when did you make the decision to be straight? Cuz that says to me that at some point you knew you knew that um homosexuality was a thing and you 
decided against it. Like like you were somewhat something like you were saying before. Right. Why would you like my thing is you looking around at all these gay people popping up out the woodwork <laughs> apparently like we just spring it out the ground. But at the same time, we grew up watching all the same straight shit you grew up watching. We ain't have no gay icons. We had men that happened to be a little fae that are, that are considered fae because of certain things like long, drawn-out um, vowels. You know what I'm saying? Like, people would consider Kyle from Living Single fae. I don't. I consider him somebody who was purporting a level of bouginess in class. He'd be like a metrosexual. Right. Player. I wouldn't consider him fae. But even that term is like, ugh. I would again. I would consider him trying to be someone that is of a high of, of a higher class than the people around them around him. He's just out here trying to outclass you all, and he's using his best. You know what I'm saying? Like all of his droll. You know what I'm saying? Like he like for it's, he's like an American black essentially like grabbing into British culture. You know what I'm saying? Like and putting it in front of you. And to y'all, y'all thought that was him being feminine. Trust me, I've had this conversation with people when Living Single was on and popping and nobody, and that's what we all were watching. Y'all were like, oh, you like Kyle. Yeah, like you like all the gay people are like you and Kyle. It's like, um, wait a minute. No, like Kyle is trying to be classy. Yes, I'm gay. This is absolutely femininity happening in front of you also for multiple reasons. But that's not what Kyle is giving you. Y'all are misreading that because y'all couldn't imagine somebody so dark and black because again there's there's a extra hyper masculinity lean on dark skinned men y'all couldn't imagine someone so dark and black and male being this soft spoken and being this well spoken and taking his time to speak and using all of the muscles in his mouth to make sure the vowel is ringing in the space <laughs> y'all couldn't imagine that a black man would be anything but like nah, or anything like but less than Overton, or anything you know what I'm saying more than the landlord from across the street, or any of that. And it's it's nuts, it's nuts, you know. And that connects into all kinds of things. Like when you get into thug culture, like you can't have a bunch of niggas saying, oh that's gay. Oh, this is, you know what I'm saying? Just like on, even in terms of like the violence that happens between people, it's you as a person who is masculine identified putting on you that part of what it means to be masculine is to be a master of violence. And to show no other emotions but violence and anger. And this is what, this kind of like piggybacks of what you were saying before about um toxic masculinity not allowing men to form into whole human beings because if the only emotion that you learn to identify with is anger later on in life that's going to show up and and be destructive in a lot of different ways like if you don't know how to express sadness or talk about how you're actually feeling in the moment or sort through depression or even happiness like sometimes being too happy can be gay like, if someone's, like, too happy-go-lucky and cheery, like, I've seen that said to little boys. Right. Oh, you smile and giggle too much. You giggling like a little girl. And it's like, what? Niggas can't express joy. Overall expression is gay. I've literally seen, yo, my kids, I'm a whole 
voice teacher, right? I'm a teacher of many arts. But as a voice teacher, I encourage these people to warm up before they get to my class. And my class is very early in the damn morning, right? We have songs to learn and, and music to learn. So can y'all please, like, give us enough of a warm-up so I can take y'all through a few vocalizers and then move on instead of having to warm you up from the ground up. Because trust me, I'm warming up on my way to work, disturbing all kinds of niggas everywhere. <laughs> okay? So just do what you got to do. Like, this is what it means to be professional. Like, do what you have to do. Okay? So they're, like, literally scared because, again, trying, showing any effort is considered weird, queer, fey, femme, weak. Because singing is gay. There was one boy in my class. I very rarely have boys in my class because, of course, they probably see me as gay. And they would dare be taught by somebody who is uh, who's as free as me, right? Because again, toxic masculinity is about caging the self and trying its best to cage other people. And they must think that them showing them not showing up to my class means that I'm a feel away. Child, please stay over there, okay? But also, they literally feel like expressing themselves through their body. They won't dance. They'll barely play an instrument. But what will they do? They'll sit behind a computer and create a beat. Why? Because they can press play and remove themselves from it and not have to care about what you think because, like, it's something that has been crafted before they got to you. And it allows a level of control, again, <laughs> over the situation that you don't have over a live performance, no matter how much you practice. Right. And this isn't exclusive to the arts because a lot of people always feel like, well, all the theater boys and choir, like, choir, like kids are gay anyway. Or like biosexist, like something like that, which is which is not the case. But also, I see it like in sports. Like I see masculinity mm-hmm. get so toxic, where like the thing about trying, where like some kids are, like really dedicated to basketball and football, and their parents have them in basketball camps and like um uh like football clinics and things like that, and they do it like year round because they're trying to make the NFL. Oh, like you always playing football around a bunch of niggas, you must be sucking dick. Like, whoa there, whoa there, like, because, like, because fucking, like, fucking Jalen is a football star, and, like, get all, like, getting attention, and, like, really is focused on it, oh, he has to be gay, because you right. over here sitting on your ass, trying to be a thug? Perfectly fair. And, I don't know what that's worth, but that, 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 that leads me into, um, how that co- sort of holds us up as a community in terms of community building. Because this is something I was saying to Jack earlier, something what I, sh- I struggle with in my activism and my revolutionaryism, and I kind of keep it close to just focusing on the Black queer community, only because I feel like at a certain point, building with heterosexual Black people that, that may or sometimes may or may not have homophobia um, as a part of, like, their function, but, like, you know, there's crowd mentality, so I'm not going to build with you, and then you put me out of the house because, oh, this nigga is gay. He don't need to be there. Like, to do all this work, and I've seen it happen sometimes. It's like, oh, but this this motherfucker is gay. Why should we listen to him? Like, I done raised all this money, gather all these people, and then you're going to talk about 
well, I can't be in the leadership role because I like men. Same gender loving. And like, wait, what? What does that have to do with anything? And it has to, you, it, it greatly has to do, I feel, with seeing feminine, anything inherently feminine as weak and therefore invalid in a conversation where we have this sort of Judeo-Christian mindset as men are supposed to, supposed to be the head of everything. So if you have this feminine energy, like you, you are now therefore incapacitated and, and inept as a leader. So you like are silenced, erased, abused. Abused. But the thing is, like like men do and toxic masculine do and patriarchy does, they will use the energy, the, the feminine energy to get what they need built because you can't build without us. You need the balance. And the balance, com- the balance comes in many different bodies, many different genders. You are an XY at the end of the day. And to, to just like touch on details about the, the way that that seesaw actually remains balanced, it's 80-20, my nigga. 80 feminine, 20 masculine. Y'all are going to understand that femininity is about the creation and allowance of space, right? And masculinity is about the thing taking up the space. And the thing taking up the space, no matter how big that thing is, will always be smaller than the space. Always. And at the end of the day, we're mammals. We are somewhat selfish creatures, even though we are social mammals, are our intents in a, in, a, in a very specific sort of way, are ultimately selfish. So people will let you build with them, will put their feelings aside about your femininity or your homosexuality, what have you, aside, enough to get to the goal they want and leave you out in the dust. To literally let you birth the goal and then kick you out the house. And it, I, like, in many ways, personally, I'm speaking from just for myself, I'm not strong enough to deal with that. And I'm too smart to deal with that. Like, I'm not going to let you do that to me. So that's a lot of times, I, I, many times I'm reluctant to build in predominantly like cishet spaces. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. And anyone who does, like, you know, more power to you and all the ashe and all the blessings to overcome that shit. You brave. Because it's going to take these conversations and things like that. But I can't be out here dying for you. And then you wouldn't do the same in turn for me because of my sexuality or and in fact my would kill me yourself. Yeah. And in fact would kill me yourself if I didn't just help you build this thing. Like literally the work I did is it gave you the idea that I'm worth it to be alive. What does that sound like? And we are here killing black women. We are here does, killing trans women in droves. Does that not and sound like brothers. slavery? Yeah. Does that not sound like how white people do black people on a regular basis? Like, oh, your productivity makes you important. But then you have a whole group of people that will let you know that your productivity is not the thing that makes you worth anything. But here y'all go, allowing us life because we fight for you. Allowing us life when that's not even true. Like they said, black trans women are and black cis women even are getting killed by our own people on a regular basis, let alone trafficked by the governments for multiple purposes and things of that nature. So we've got to understand it's okay to be the dot in the circle. It's okay. 
it's it's okay to be the dot in the circle. It's okay to have a small part in the way things move. It's okay to not be the 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 aggressive head, but the spear, but the arrowhead. So if we're gonna make sure this the, happens. If femininity is space that allows the thing that's gonna insist on on making on, on on taking advantage of the space, right, or existing in the space, let's put it in terms of an arrow, even without the tail, right? You've got the stem, then you've got the head, right? The head of the household is still the the head of the arrow is still the smallest part of the arrow, typically, right? The head of the arrow's point is more important than the rest of the arrow. Right, the whole arrow is important. The whole arrow head is important, but that tip is the part that's going to make sure, <laughs> if you hit your mark, the desired result <laughs> for the mark is achieved. Okay, so it's extremely important, but it's not the end all be all because an arrowhead thrown with no stick and no tail has no trajectory really. So respect the space holder. Respect those that create space, because without that space, without the womb, literally, in its figurative and metaphysical um, um, component and its literal component, Mm -hmm. you have nothing. You have nothing, bro. So come off this horse that a female horse birthed (laughs) that you're riding thinking that your small ass is so big. It's okay. Shake off the responsibility of being so big. Y'all so mad that women are out here like, being able to make them. money. Like, take calm a break. Down. Take a break. And by take take a break, take a break on being so abrasive. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, we don't mean like don't do anything. Don't do work. No, absolutely do work. But like, why you not? Gotta, you ain't gonna do everything. Right. Why not make that work about something other than controlling somebody else? Mm-hmm. Why, why not make that work about building? Again, you might be the one in front of the arrow, but end of the day, y'all have to work together. You talking about something in, in the black household and X, Y, and Z. Oh, this is destroying the black household. That's destroying the black household, blah, 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 blah. But it's really your insistence on not allowing anyone else's insistence. That's destroying the situation. Because the staff has to insist that it's straight, that it's flexible, that it is being that it knows where it's going and that it's going to hit its mark. And it has to also rely on you as the arrowhead to be sharp enough to penetrate its mark. And as long as y'all are not complete human beings, as long as y'all don't have an emotional wherewithal, as long as y'all are constantly judging somebody else for whether or not they are strong based on your masculine tenets, as long as these things are occurring, you'll never be sharp enough for your mark. Ever. You'll always be dull. And I mean that in as many insulting ways as you can take it. You can't actually be intelligent if you have no emotional intelligence. You can't actually be intelligent if you have no spiritual intelligence. You can't actually be intelligent if you have no intelligence of your own duality. Everybody wants to say to me, uh, as trying to, when I tell them I'm two-spirit, oh, everyone has duality. Really, it would be nice if y'all motherfuckers knew that. 
But if your toxic a toxic masculinity didn't allow you in this moment to belittle the amount of femininity I know that this vessel holds that makes me too spirited and not just some regular ass Joe who inhabits both energies, <laughs> you would have learned something about yourself that allows you to maybe feel that you have this greater ratio of masculinity than femininity that you love to perpetuate. We're nearing the end. So, like, again, if you guys want to call in, like, you know, we, we do this ourselves. Like, so sometimes we have, like, people call in, sometimes we don't. It's a podcast, so. But we would, we, we would really appreciate some feedback or some commentary. So that number, if you're joining us on Block Talk, is right at the top um, of the screen. That's 914-205-5458. Um, and you can, like, be live on the air with us and um, ask any questions or add anything to the conversation. I think we're not going to park it, Chris. Uh-huh. But um, <laughs> there are always layers and unseen layers to and any conversation, nuances to any conversation. Um, oh, oh, like, for instance, yeah, Judge Joe Brown. And, like, I, I, I only want to bring him up because I think he's a terrible, terrible, terrible person. And I said... On one of Gazi's posts a while ago, I forgot what was it about. I forgot what it was about, but I was just like, it's hard because when you reach certain levels of education in America, you're also receiving a certain level of assimilation. So you're basically like being brainwashed into being like a sleeper agent for white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Some many times, unbeknownst to yourself as a black person, like my parents told me, like you're getting the white man's education, and like you need to be like aware of that. So I always took everything that I, like, learned with a grain of salt. Me and my mom were always at the library. So, like, any questions that I had about what I was learning, we would look them up. And then, you know, white people love to leave shit out and sanitize shit. It's true. And just being aware of that from a young age may be a different type of learning. Whereas, some like, a child that didn't know that would take everything at face value. Right. And think that their assimilator was correct. So... Like, he had an interview with Malik Yoba, and he talked about, like, the sissification of black men in America. And, like, you know, we've we've all heard this conversation. There's a war on masculinity, and they're making the black men girls, and we're not going to have no more black babies, and it's all the white men's plan to genocide, and blah, 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 blah. Genesis, genesis. And it's like homosexuality is as old as time. It's 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 in all mammalian like we're mammals. It's actually genetically necessary. Right. Um. There's seven billion people on this planet. Most of them are black and brown. Um. There's no short. There's no shortage of niggas out there. Trust me. Right. Um. And there won't be. Go ahead. And I would just like to close on a little anecdote story, right? And just like brag on my mom right quick. So my mom is a woman who people would love to call masculine because she has an energy that automatically insists on itself as she enters the room. It comes from a level of certainty in her work ethic, a level of certainty in her education, and a level of certainty in her expertise in whatever she's an expert in, knowing that she's showing up in the room ready to give her best no matter what, right? So she's found this new sport called pickleball. It's essentially like 
walking table tennis. Like that could be done on a tennis court, but it's actually done on some other kind of court and uh, with a paddle and a wiffle ball. She comes into the situation. She's literally only been playing for three weeks. That's maybe like six times in total, right? My mother is a paddleball player. Again, her energy insists on itself. She's always had beautiful form as it pertains to almost anything she's doing, whether it's lifting something, whether it's kicking somebody's ass, whether it's about to kick somebody's ass, whether it's paddleball, whatever. Her form has always been impeccable, and people are always complimenting her on her form. She comes in this situation. She has yet to start winning, winning, winning. You know, she admits to still having to work on her serve. But the men are shook because they see her coming. And at the end of the day, they have yet to lose to women in there because for the most part, the women that they play against are their wives, right, in which they have set up some kind of toxic masculine bubble around them that doesn't allow them the ability to like practice as hard as my mother practices at this right and they haven't lost to any of these women the idea of losing to my mother creates this tension in the room where eventually in order to literally break the tension some white man unfortunately had to literally compliment my mother out loud and really be like, God damn it, her form is beautiful, right? So that people could start picking and choosing and learning from what she does so that they can adapt so that they don't lose. They're so afraid. And if you would literally accept your femininity as all right, the little bit that you might have, masculine men, if you accept your femininity, the very idea of losing to a woman wouldn't literally break your entire spirit. You wouldn't feel like you as a man have failed because a woman has won in your presence. I I can say pussy. (laughs) To the point to the point where she's literally sitting waiting to play and a man is insisting upon himself that he can play and continue to play. My mother goes, Um, excuse me, you've played more than anybody sitting here. Oh, oh that's not true. I I think we can all agree (laughs) that that's not true. And my mother's like, well, let me say this again. Let me say this in a more clarifying way. You've been playing more than me. So then he goes, oh, okay, fine, play. So then they both sit down. My mother doesn't play this game, right? And one of the ladies comes to my mother and is like, how come you didn't play? Um, well, actually, my goal was to get him to not play. Yes, ma. End of the day, some other woman got up there and played. That is what everyone in the femme world has to do when we were talking about revolution and things of that nature. That's what insisting on yourself looks like. That's what insisting that your energy be the thing that's going to make the space move forward when you know that you're in the right looks like. Okay? It's not even about me playing. It's about the fact that you've played more than not only me, but I've seen that these women have been sitting here and letting your ass play. Fuck out of here. They'll never be able to beat you if they sit down. So they're going to get the hell up and they're going to play while we both sit our asses down. How about that? So that I... I don't have much else to say, you know, that's not going to take us over time. 
But I just wanted to close my my whole situation on that anecdote. Women, femmes, your strength does not make you masculine. Your strength doesn't make you manly. Men, your strength to be vulnerable, your vulnerability and your expression doesn't make you weak. In fact, both sides understanding both of those other sides, okay? That's a yin and yang, if you will. But, like, again, all of that stuff is feminine, if you really want to be real about it. Physical strength, hello, a man could never carry a child for nine months and then open its whole hips to fucking let an entire human being come out of a hole that's yay small. Could never. I got a I got a backache that I'm not sure how serious it is, but, my God, I sort of feel incapacitated as a male. I'm like, my body is not ready for this. <laughs> Okay, so we've got to understand that weakness and strength is not at all what we've like made it out to be, and it has nothing to do with masculinity and femininity. Right now, toxic masculinity has y'all weak and fragile because y'all can't even learn a lesson from losing because y'all can't won't even allow yourself to cry so that you can shake off the negative energy that you've accumulated over the years. All of that was so sitting soul. Okay. And so, it, it's and toxic is the perfect word because it's corrosive, it's corrosive to you and everyone around you. Um oh. So yeah, so we're 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 about to like say goodnight. But um next week we're gonna have a very, very special guest. Can't oh. say can't say who it is quite yet. Like wanna just get some things like perfectly finalized. But I think that he's in, and um, I've spoken to his people. So you guys, it's um, I'll announce it in the middle of the week. So keep checking back to the page, and if you follow us on, um, if you follow me on IG, um, that's um, at Mixsite. So M X period S Y K E S S Y K E S. Um, I'll announce who that is later on this week. Um, but it's a really big deal, and we're really excited to have him on. Oh, it's a huge deal. Like, oh, my God. I, I have no idea. I'm going to try my best not to fanboy, like, for real. Um, but, yeah, our, our next topic is um, Revolutionary um, 101, and we're going to talk about um, how and why um, someone would start or join a revolutionary um, grassroots movement. Um, and we're going to have the perfect person to talk about that next week. Um, so don't forget to follow us on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, check us out on YouTube um, under um, the Anukai tree. Anukai is A N V K A I. B-K-A-I, say it, A-N-B-K-A-I. And don't forget to check us out next Tuesday at 7 p.m. And this is the Anukai Tree with... Thanks for sitting with us. I'm Jit Jack. And I'm Mick Sykes. And good night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.